You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks, Ben Karen. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Charlie. It's a long weekend, so that gives me a little bit of excitement. Um, but there's been a lot of craziness, of course, happening in the news. And one story that everybody was talking about this week is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He had to apologize on behalf of Canada's parliament after a man who fought in Adolf Hitler's Nazi forces was included in an event last week honoring Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. So there was a lot of conversations, you know, should the speaker resign? Obviously, he stepped down. But what do you make of just how this situation was handled? Well, it, it seems like it's part of a, like this year has been, you know, they said for Queen Elizabeth or Annas or Ibelis, um we're seeing the same for Justin Trudeau, you know, with uh, this situation coming on the heels of bad poll results and coming on, uh, you know, his marriage breaking up. Um, but but this, this was really bad because uh, Yaroslav Hanka was, a member of this Waffen SS Galicia division, which is linked to war crimes in Poland, like it didn't not only offended the Jewish community, but it offended uh, Poland. And Poland is a very close ally of of Ukraine in this war against Russia. Um, and and it just it just reeked of incompetence, um, and uh, and and it brought back memories. And the other thing, the problem is for you that it has reignited discussions about uh, the country's uh, history when uh, the resistance to the Russians, that the Ukrainians, uh, some Ukrainians worked with the Nazis. Um, there's also been, uh, it reinforced Vladimir Putin's propaganda line that, that uh, he invaded to, to clear out the Nazis out of, out of Ukraine, which people were, were laughing at when he first said this, because it was so ridiculous, given that there's a Jewish president. But the problem is there have been some far-right people involved in um, in, in some of the, 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 the defense of Ukraine, like the Azov forces um, was using Nazi-era symbolism and was recruiting neo-Nazis. So it's, it's reignited all this discussion at a time when um, Ukraine is trying to get uh, military support from the West and weapons and ammunition, and uh, it, it seems to be a bit of a standoff in the war, but it could go one way or the other way. So it, it, it's just a, a really unfortunate turn of events. It really is. And Charlie, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but who is the person that is in charge of doing background checks on people? Like when they do, when they have events like this going on, like is somebody responsible for that? And who would that be? Yeah, well, the, the, the speaker's office is responsible. So um, the, I think, I think Justin Trudeau can distance himself from this, but the, the flip side is uh, he, he did, they had a private meeting before the event in Parliament, so, so Pierre Poiliev is playing that up uh, on his Twitter feed. But at the same time, I don't think there's often a lot of uh, sufficient controls in these, this area because uh, we saw the same thing happen in India when Jaspal Atwal was invited into an event with the Prime Minister and his wife and was photographed with with Sophie Trudeau um, 
And then that picture went around and created problems for Justin Trudeau, especially as he was going into a 2019 election campaign. So, you know, this isn't the first time that, you know, the vetting of people around the prime minister in parliament has come up. This is true. This needs to be looked into because I think that's the big question that so many folks were asking, you know, as this story came out. Now, Charlie, another one kind of moving locally here. Um, the B.C. government or has ordered 60,000 new homes to be built in 10 municipalities for the next five years. However, critics are saying it's not enough when it comes to combating the housing crisis. What do you think? Yeah, well, the, the, the housing supply problem is is grave across the country. And, and B.C., to its credit, is taking aggressive actions uh, in terms of, you know, basically setting targets. And the federal government's starting to move, too, but setting targets for specific municipalities to step up and, and, and allow more people to live there. So, but some are saying uh, in Vancouver, for instance, we have a zoning issue where you know, something like 70% of the land is zoned for single family where you can maybe have a basement suite, but there's a limited amount of land upon which apartments can be built when you look at the entirety of the city of Vancouver. And I think some of the, the abundant housing supply type people are saying that the solution has to go beyond just numbers of units, but allowing uh, four-story buildings, for instance, all across the city. So if you look at a city like New York, which is very densely populated, especially Manhattan, you've got... Um, apartments everywhere <laughs> and you don't say oh this area is just reserved for for single family homes and so i think that's where the critics have a good point in that um the, the city is growing up but the, the land use policies are not going along with it so you go to point gray for instance where the density is extremely low but then everyone's getting crammed into other areas um in higher and higher towers, and that there's a smarter way to go about it. The problem with, with you know, if the provincial government really uh, plays the heavy in that area in terms of dictating municipal zoning, there's a real backlash from homeowners in various areas, and many of those homeowners are represented by NDP MLAs. So, for instance, if... Uh, Robbie Callan, for instance, says that uh, Shaughnessy needs to have high-rise apartments and more density. Uh, that's going to create problems um, for George Heyman, who's the environment minister. And so, that, so it's a it's a delicate um, balancing act, I think, for the province, especially as it's going toward an election in twenty twenty four. And so, I, I expect. We're seeing these initial measures now in 2023, getting the ball moving, but it'll be after 2024 where we'll see more dramatic measures regardless of who's elected, whether it's Kevin Falcon or David Eby. But the other challenge, too, and this is a long answer, Karen, is the labor situation. You have a lot of skilled trades and, and people who build homes who are older, and they're they're moving toward retirement, and I, I didn't think investigation of this area and we need to do a lot more to encourage uh, young people to be
become tradespeople. But many of their parents don't want that to happen. They'd rather them be you know, professionals or office workers or marketing or banks. And, and that sometimes is more pleasant than sitting in the rain pounding nails into, into, into lumber. But we're not going to have homes unless we have the workforce to build them. This is true. And are there have there ever been any conversations? Because I feel like I may have seen this, you know, about creating incentives, you know, to encourage, especially, you know, young folks to go into the trades. Yeah, and, and one of the problems, too, is the education system is structured where they'll go to BCIT or have to go to schools in the lower mainland, but not around the province. Um, there are other issues, too, like municipalities become dependent on revenues from... Um, the development industry to cover the cost of operations and even building infrastructure. So what happens is that's reflected in the price of a home. So a homeowner, somebody is buying a home, they're borrowing at interest rates that are much higher than what governments can borrow. So if governments were borrowing to pay for the sewer systems rather than tacking it onto the price of homes, the overall cost would be lower because there would be lower interest costs for society. So, so that's another issue, and I think the young people are um, really in a in a tough situation because they're being asked to buy homes with a whole bunch of costs that their parents didn't have to pay. This is true, Charlie. It's very hard for young folks today, I will say that. I think definitely this is an area that should be looked at some more, too, so definitely. Um, Now, Charlie, finally, it is a long weekend. Uh, September 30th is National Truth and Reconciliation. Are there any events that people can check out? Yeah, lots of things going on. There's there's an event at at, uh, Westminster Pier Park, for instance, in New Westminster from noon to 4, uh, the Semiamu First Nation is having its third annual Walk for Truth and Reconciliation, and that's in White Rock, uh, 15393 Marine Drive. Um, Coquitlam at Plastes Art is having an event. Um, there's, there's just, they're all over the place. Arts Umbrella is doing something on Granville Island at, at, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., um, and that's, uh, Arts Umbrella's moved into the old one of the buildings that was the old Emily Carr University campus there, as you're, you're getting closer to the public market, um, there's there's something that uh, Young at Arts in Langley, uh, starting at noon. So you know you could probably look. The uh, Museum of North Vancouver has something from 10 a.m. to 4 5 p.m. So pretty much most of the municipalities uh, will be having events. Good to know. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You have a wonderful weekend. Okay, you too, Ms. Karen. Thank you. Bye.